You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. Once we have a monthly close above 2100 in gold futures, that will signify a breakout. And that's what momentum players, big money traders, you know, everybody's looking at. That's that number, you know, the 2000's been resistance for 12 years now. I'm sure your audience is aware of the cup and handle pattern on, on the long term chart. And there's also it's breaking out of a cup and handle pattern within the handle of that of that chart uh, on a weekly basis. And um, we've had the miners and silver leading the whole time. So, you know, everything's in our favor here. You know, the wind's at our, at our back. Welcome back to Money Stock Education. I am your host, Bill Powers, chatting today with my friend David Erfley from Junior Miner Junkie with a Y.com. David, welcome back onto the show. And uh, gold is over $2,000 an ounce. It hasn't penetrated that $2,089 high yet, but we've had some significant closes. Uh, what's your current commentary on the gold action, please? Always great to see you, Bill. Thanks again for having me on. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. As soon as the, the, the Fed minutes came out and they, they finally admitted that, oh, we're probably going to go into a recession uh, after, you know, after everything that we're doing here. Um, the gold price ran up to 2063 overnight. Um, and that's, that's 20, that's like the, what, $26 from the all time high of 2089. But yeah, we had two successive, uh, uh, two consecutive weekly closes above $2,000 in gold futures. Um, and we're trying to build a, a floor here at $2,000 an ounce in the, in the futures price. And, um, once we have a monthly close above 2100 in gold futures, that will signify a breakout. And that's, what momentum players, big money traders, you know, everybody's looking at. That's that number, you know. The, the 2000's been resistance for 12 years now. Um, I'm sure your audience is aware of the cup and handle pattern on, on the long-term chart. And there's also, it's breaking out of a cup and handle pattern within the handle of that, of that chart uh, you know, on a weekly basis. And um, we've had the miners and silver leading the whole time. So, you know, everything's in our favor here. You know, the wind's at our, at our back. Um, you know, the, the, the gold price, it, it became, you know, um, short term overbought. So it's working off that short term overboughtness by consolidating above $2,000. Um, uh, I think as long as it consolidates above 1925, 1950, I think the, the momentum is still is on our side. But uh, the uptrend uh, support and 18 week moving average support is at 1900. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see it come down to 1900 first. That wouldn't shock me because whenever you have a major resistance line, multi-year resistance line, it takes, it, it, it runs up to test that multi-year resistance at least three times. And then the fourth time is, is the charm is when it breaks out. So wouldn't be surprised to see it come back to 1900. First. To to anecdotally illustrate that point about how when it re reaches resistance, um, I see comments in you on the YouTube channel, and one came in this week to where it says, you know, junior miners were the worst decisions I've made in the last two to three years. I can't wait till I get back to my entry point so I can sell these suckers and never have anything to do with them again. And that's kind of like the resistance, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. It's incredible. Um yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's you know the, the junior my, the, the junior sector it always underperforms on, on the downside and usually massively. Um, and you know, uh, generalist investors left this sector in mass in 2013 when gold lost 1550 an ounce, 
and, and um, they've they've never returned. And we've had we had massive capitulation begin last year at this time in this sector, and that's when everybody got out. That that was that was holding losers. That's this is it. I'm done. So we had a major bottom as as gold stocks. If you've heard heard me say numerous times, uh, gold stocks have this seven year cycle. They have major bottoms every seven years, and we had that major bottom in September of, of last year, and everybody sold into that bottom. So. Um, but but what's interesting to me, very interesting right now, is the, I'm having deja vu because when I first got into this, when I first discovered this sector in the early 2000s, after I'd lost half my money getting getting into the into the uh, the tech bubble late, you know, I watched all my friends make all this money. I thought I could do that. They don't know what they're doing. They're making money, and, <laughs> and <laughs> quickly lost half my money in about in less than a year. But it was the best thing that ever happened to me because. It made me realize that hey, if I'm going to try to make money uh, in, in this in, in the stock market, I better learn to know what I'm doing. And it led me to the gold sector because the gold sector was the only thing going up while everything was going down after the tech bubble burst. And that was the end of, of the of, that was the end of that and a post bubble contraction. And what was also happening at that time started to happen at that time was gold began to outperform the S and P 500. And um, and and strangely enough, going into 2005, I discovered the sector in 2003 and I'd done all this research and I'd gotten fascinated with the sector and it was forming a cup and handle pattern like it's forming right now, a 12 year cup and handle pattern below five hundred dollars an ounce. So I was watching that and I was also watching the S&P 500, the gold to S&P 500 ratio. As I because I did all this research, and I found that back in the seventies, when when the gold when the gold price got over half the value of the S and P five hundred, that's when that's when the gold price really started to move, and especially the juniors and, and the gold stocks really started to move. So that's when I decided to sell my house and put everything into juniors. When the when the when when the gold price started to go above that 50% threshold and we're on the verge right now so we're having two major things in our favor right now that cup and handle breakout on the long term chart it's 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 trying to break out now and also the gold price is trying to get above that 50% threshold on the S&P 500 and the gold price now as it's as it's trying to stay above 2000 for the past two two weeks the juniors have started to begin to outperform the miners again because the juniors always massively outperform on the upside after massively underperforming on the downside. So that's starting to happen now also. So you have all these things that are that are lining up uh, at the same time. And um, which and if once that cup and handle does break out on a long-term chart, the gold price will likely double within the next two two and a half years and that's what happened after it finally got above 500 uh i watched my account triple and i really didn't know what i was doing back then compared compared to what to, to what i know now at the time i thought yeah i'm this i'm this genius and i'm making all this money but um the, the gold price went from 500 dollars an ounce in uh, uh late by late 2005 to a thousand dollars an ounce by late 2007 and then, you know, it had that consolidation at a thousand for about a year. And then once it finally, you know, it tested a thousand three times. And once it finally got over a thousand, it nearly doubled again to 1925 by 2011. 
And anybody who, who, who was right early and sat tight with quality juniors made a lot of money, me included. So um, it changed my life. And, uh, and I, I, like I said, I have deja vu because I see all that happening right now at the 2000 level. Dave, you're, with your stock picking service and what you share with your subscribers, you try to pick out quality junior miners that are cut above the rest. However, you can actually make more money sometimes on the juniors that are not as good if you time it right, right? So do you have any thoughts on playing right. this? <laughs> well, that's what happened in, in, in 2011, right? Because yeah. the companies that went up so the, the companies that went up the most are the companies that just had multi-millions of ounces in the ground that were low-grade bulk tonnage. So if you're an expert, right, and you're getting in earlier, you're staying away from those. At the time, I wasn't an expert. So I looked at these companies. Wow, look, at they got these millions of ounces on the ground, and they're training at pennies. I'm going to buy these companies. because they. And I turned out to be right, but I got lucky because mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was doing. So it's, a, it's really funny the way that happened. But, you know, and also when the majors did that, they ruined this sector for the next decade because they not only bought all these low-grade bulk tonnage ounces that needed higher gold prices to be, did it with dilution, which is a double negative. So it killed the, the, the sector. That's why the, you see the GDX, the GDXJ underperforming the gold price massively for the past decade. Hmm. So they've got a lot of catching up to do because these majors are finally doing the right things now. You know, they cleaned up their balance sheet. Um, you know, that they're they're concentrating on on uh, high margin projects, uh, lowered their debt, they're paying dividends, they're doing everything they can to attract generalists again who've been gone for the past decade. And once these generalists get get back in, this is when this sector is really going to take off. And they're still not in yet because look at the volumes. The volumes are still very low. Um, and, um, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen until the market, I've been saying this for a long time, the market starts pricing in a $2,000 floor as opposed to a $2,000 ceiling. Mm. Or we see M&A pickup, right? That was your other criteria. Right. And we are seeing M&A pickup. Yes, we are seeing it because that we need to, we need to have much more M&A needs to take place in this. Mm -hmm. And one, uh... there's just not enough, uh, there's just not enough check, you know, checks to, to, you know, there's, there's only a certain amount of checks that these, that, that these, uh, you can, these capital market writers can write. So we need more. One of That's them they're trying to write is for uh, West Red Lake Gold Mines. They've inked an agreement with Sprott Resource Lending Corp and Pure Gold Mining to inquire all of Pure Gold Mining and that failed mine build. build. Uh, any thoughts on this one, Dave? Yeah, it kind of reminds me of what happened with Rubicon, right? In the same area in Red Lake. You know, Rub Rubicon tried to make a go of it. They, they, they skipped an important economic, uh, economic report to try to get into production early and it sunk the company. It even, you know, it even suckered in um, Royal Gold. They gave them a bunch of money and lost uh, out on the deal. So, you know, um, the red red lake is interesting. Either you're a prince or a pauper if you're in Red Lake, because it started, you know, one of the one of the biggest gold companies in the world in Gold Corp with their with their mine there, and it's you know, and you you had uh, Great Bear make make a discovery and and you know and uh, end up selling that company for over a billion dollars an ounce in a bear market. 
And but on the flip side of that, you've you've had two company ruiners in Rubicon and now pure gold. They've tried to make a go of it. So it's interesting there, but like what happens. In Rubicon, that deposit was then successful, at least thus far, with Battle North. They rebranded. Right. Battle North is is, is making is making that successful, right? Dave, Absolutely. what's your thoughts? When I've mentioned on the show in the past, like if you have a failed deposit and another group takes it over, you know, rename, rebrand, fresh start. And some people uh, have written in and said, no, that's covering up, you know, the mess. And my perspective is I use Battle North as an example. Like Rubicon was a mess. I don't disagree with that's you. That's right. But if it gonna- all depends on the people and, and you know, and the, the and the, the of course the geology and they just could have you know they might have just they might just be reading it wrong. I mean you've seen there's there, there's plenty of, of 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 examples out there where companies you know new management teams came in and turned something around and there's also you know examples of doing the opposite. You know a, a management team takes over a company that's sold by a major. And they can't make a go of it, and they find out the reason why the major sold it. But the, but but the flip side of that, there's a, a company like K92 who bought you know a, bought uh, a mine from Barrick and turned it into a major a, a major big profit moneymaker. And but I think in, a discovery was a big factor there too, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Major discovery uh, underneath a, a mine that was already there. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's and that happens also. So. You can't use, you know, you can't look at something and say, well, just because this company didn't make it on this one doesn't mean a, a new company isn't going to make it on on this different deposit or different mine or whatever. I mean, you have to you have to sharpen your pencil and, and take a look. And that could could create a major opportunity. And this could create a major opportunity for Westlake uh, shareholders. Absolutely. Dave, if uh, a new listener is listening and they don't own any junior mining stocks yet, uh, as we conclude here, what would be your final advice for them if they're looking for an entry point? Well, um, this is a great time. You still got time to accumulate these things because, like I said, you're starting to see sector rotation. What's what's happening is, you know, the majors and the mid-tiers and the royalty plays, they've had these these nice runs, Right. And so, so, so people in the know in this sector, I mean, that's basically who's, who's, who's only in this sector now and trading these companies are, you know, resource speculators. They're very intelligent and they understand that, that these companies move first. And then once they get overbought, you take your profits and you rotate them in, into the juniors that are still being ignored. And that's what's happening right now. You're starting to see these juniors pop one by one from these four to six month basing patterns. Some are going up, you know, over double digits in a single day, even when the gold price is, is down $20, $25. Like today, you know, a few of my stocks are up on the day. The, la- the last two days, a few of my stocks were up on the day, even though the gold price was being hit for double digits. So, you know, weakness is being bought here um, as the gold price, you know, is trying to, cre- is trying to create a floor at, at $2,000. And people in the know understand this. And they're starting to get into these juniors. Volume is picking up on, on, on the quality juniors. But there's still quite a few of them that haven't moved up yet. And the ones that haven't moved up yet uh, are optionality plays. You know, these companies that have multi-millions of ounces in the ground, and maybe they did their base case studies at $1,700 an ounce gold. And instead of, you know, 1600 or, or 1500 or 1400 like a lot of these other companies with high, higher margin projects have done, so these companies are really on the, on on the, on the sale rack. So you know, if you believe like I believe that the gold price is going to be four thousand dollars, you know, by twenty twenty five, 
it wouldn't, you know, behoove you to put a little bit of your capital into some of these optionality plays, right? Because, you know, I, 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 I'm still, I've still, I've stayed away from these drill plays that haven't defined a resource for a little over a year now, because I mean, what's the point you got, you know, all these companies that have discovered multi-millions of ounces in top tier jurisdictions that are trading for, you know, less than $40 an ounce in the ground. So I'm going to, I'm going to invest in those instead. Um, because, you know, at the, at the top in la the last major top in 2010, 2011, you know, gold companies were buying juniors at a thousand dollars an ounce up to a thousand twelve hundred ounce dollars an ounce in the ground and now these juniors that are that are, have multi-million ounce deposits most of them in, in safe jurisdictions even the ones that that aren't are in top are in tier two jurisdictions that are getting you know ten twenty dollars an ounce in the ground they're you know they're they're trading at significantly less than that you know i mean the average is about forty dollars an ounce in the ground right now what these companies are trading for and you know, uh, if that happens again, if they if, if majors start to buy buy out companies at you know at near the blow off phase, it, anywhere between eight hundred to twelve hundred dollars an ounce on the ground. I mean, you do the math. That's that that's that's you know ten bagger potential on a lot of these stocks. Do you think like a Seabridge or the Donlin project in Alaska or International Tower Hill Mines, those optionality plates, are they actually going to get? built this set this time up you think dave or are they just going to be a good stock to trade that's funny international tower hill was one of the companies that, that, that well that's that's interesting you bring up international tower hill because that was one of the stocks back in 2010 that didn't get bought out that that had you know all those multi-millions of ounces in the ground but you know i mean i would at this point right now it, it makes sense makes more sense to me to to concentrate on the higher margin projects because they're so cheap Sure, add a couple, and I've done so of these optionality companies, but don't load up on those. Just have a couple just in case because, you know, in your basket of juniors, and my basket of 22 now that I've accumulated for myself and my subscribers, um, all it takes is two, you know, one or two of them to go up tenfold, and you're doing really well, even if the others just keep keep track with the, with the market. You know, they don't bifurcate as much. So, you know, um, in, in 2008, that happened with me with with um, with First Majestic and um, Silver Wheaton. Those are two companies I got in at the, near the bottom in 2008 at the spike low. And I just held them and they went up both went up over 25 times. So I had other companies that didn't do nearly as well, but I did quite well because of the, just because of those two stocks. Mm. So it doesn't take very many. You know, when you, when you accumulate at a major significant bottom and, you know, when the, when the gold price begins to outperform the stock market, when it gets over that 50 percent threshold, that's only happened twice in the past 50 years. You know, the first time it happened in the early 70s when I was a kid taking, you know, silver coinage out of my father's, you know, my, my father's uh, change. Um, that's when the that's when the, the, the gold price began to outperform the stock market. And the next time it happened was back in, you know, in the early 2000s. And I was able to capitalize on it that time. And hopefully if I'm right, um, I'm, I'm set, I'm set myself up and my subscribers to capitalize on it again, if it happens again here. David's website again is juniorminerjunkiewithaway.com. It's a free weekly article that David writes about the precious metals and the junior mining sector that you can get emailed to you every Friday afternoon or evening. Dave, always appreciate your insights. Thanks for the monthly check-in. Always great talking to you. Thanks again for having me on.
Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10-for-1 returns as there is in small-cap and micro-cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents. But it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.